I'm David Robinson. And I'm David Jr. And it's time to get back to the fundamentals. So, Dad, what are we talking about today? Wow, one of my favorite subjects today, initiative. You know, you ask, why is this a pillar? <laughs> you know, why is it something that you have to build your life on? Well, this is going to define you, your initiative. The, the fact that you see what needs to be done and that you're willing to do it without anyone telling you. And you see, this is, that's what initiative is, right? It's seeing a need and meeting that need without anyone telling you to do it. This is going to define who you are. And so for me, especially with young people, high school, college kids, talking to them about what's going to make you successful is that you don't allow the things that you see wrong to persist, that you're willing to get out there and make a change. The whole idea of Carver Academy came about because I saw a big need. I had graduated from Naval Academy. I was in D.C. working with the Police Athletic League. And they said, hey, why don't you go on a little tour with us? We have a D.A.R.E. program and it's D.A.R.E., but it's, you know, it's basically our message is say no to drugs. And so I went to 15 different high schools in the Northern Virginia, Maryland, you know, D.C. area. And I would talk to the kids and I'd say, you know, kids go, you know, say no to drugs. And then at the end of my talk, you know, it'd be in a gymnasium or something full of kids. And then at the end of the talk, everybody want to come down and say hi and shake my hand and you know, see this guy who's going off to the NBA, those talks with those kids were so sobering. I mean, those kids came up to me and they said, hey, yeah, that's easy for you, Mr. Robinson, to say because you're going to go play in the NBA, but I got to go back to my neighborhood. And the way I make money is to sell drugs. I said, well, you know, you realize you're hurting other people's lives, right? That's, it's destructive. And you're not going to live past 25, right? Like you're going to be, you know, associated with bad people and you're either going to be dead or you're going to be in jail. But that was the reality for them, right? This was their way. Everyone in their neighborhood that they saw who was successful was, was doing these kind of things. And that just blew me away and knocked me back. And I came home and I just, I got on my knees and just started praying. I said, Lord, my message feels so empty. Like say no to drugs. <laughs> God, what How are you can I to really say help yes to? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, like, you if you got, have no I, other option. What? Yeah, what, what do I, you say? Yeah, exactly. So that was my thing. Is is it? It drove me to say, okay, how can I help? And that's where the Carver Academy came in. I said, well, if I can help, if I can use my limited resources and try to make a real impact and change lives, then I can help educate and encourage them when they're small, when they're young, right? I can start them off at five years old, six years old, and then begin to give them the tools that they can be successful with. Because the low-hanging fruit wasn't the drugs. The low-hanging fruit is the education, right? Drugs have a high cost. In many ways, your lifestyle is going to be very difficult. But education gives you freedom in a way in many cases, the, a lot of the kids can't understand how it's going to give them freedom and it's going to give them opportunity and it's going to open doors. I love that George Washington Carver said education is the key to unlock the golden door of freedom. The idea is that education is going to unlock freedom for you. It's going to unlock new opportunities. It's going to change your life. I always had all these schools, Ivy League schools would come to me. Harvard would come to me and you know Yale and those guys would say, hey, we're looking for minority students. Can you help us 
locate the ones that are capable of coming in because we have resources that are available to build diversity. The Ivy League schools were genuinely interested in building diversity. And, and, and you see today how things have changed. I mean, they have probably some of the best diversity of all the universities around. Um, if you look at their makeup, um, because they've they've intentionally gone out to seek the students to to really bring balance, and they feel like it 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 helps the campus and it helps these students grow and learn as they understand uh, you know people from different cultures. They they've made that effort, and I was trying to tell the kids that's the low hanging fruit. They're looking for you to stand out, right? If you get your grades together and you there's money. I'm working with you know whether it was J P Morgan or some other large companies who said, hey, we're putting money aside in our foundation and we're, we want to sponsor kids to go to college. I was sponsoring kids to go to college to tell these kids, there's so much money out there. You have no idea to help you get to college. All you have to do is show that you are trying harder than the person next to you. But see, that's the message, you know, that I felt like I needed to deliver and so when, when we talk about initiative, initiative is just that, right? You see a need. And then when that need gets so great, you feel like I can't stand still anymore. I've got to go and answer this call. I've got to make something happen. And I didn't know exactly what to do, but one by one, these pieces started falling into place. And here we are 30 years later, 30 years later. And, um, you know, we've got Carver Academy and Idea and almost 80 schools and, 40, 45,000 kids and we're making a difference in their lives. But it came from those moments where I saw that need and I said, I've got to do something. I think out of all, I mean, I think all the the fundamentals, all the pillars are very tangible, but initiative is such a straightforward kind of something you can see and enact in your everyday life. Yeah. Um, and, and I think one, you know, one thing we work with a lot of entrepreneurs and uh, especially for me, my first two jobs out of school were in startups and, and I've spent a lot of time around entrepreneurs and yeah. it's this, the whole idea around entrepreneurship is that idea of initiative. You seeing something in the world and saying, I can solve that problem. Right. And I think people are going to pay me for it. And, and I, I think that, and that's the fundamental core pillar of business. And, and, yeah. and so it's such a, but you don't have to be an entrepreneur for that, that you can do that right. in every aspect of your life and in every aspect of any job that you ever had. And that's what is appreciated by your bosses. If, if you're a, you know, if you're working at a movie theater and you're the, the usher, you can still be entrepreneurial in your mindset and you can have initiative and you can help people and that's going to help you in the world. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, one thing we were working on, we, we helped create this curriculum. It's called the, the rise curriculum mm-hmm. um, with mayor Nuremberg's wife, Erica Prosper. And the whole concept is, can you teach kids to have an entrepreneurial mindset and, and really take initiative in everything they do throughout school, throughout their lives, throughout their friendships. And that's what gets you ahead in life. Um, And and it's so fun to watch entrepreneurs because your whole, you know, everything, everything is a a problem that is also an opportunity. Uh, And it's this kind of can do mentality, can do like believe in yourself that, that stirs people to movement. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about on the, the faith episode where, you know, if you, if you believe in something, it, it's not just enough to talk about it or to believe it, it should lead you to action. Right. And, and I think kind of initiative goes hand in hand in that, because if you have faith, 
it should stir you to action that, you know, the theories that you have in your brain should lead to real life application. And that initiative is kind of that spunk to go and act on that. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I I think that's a a great example. And you talk about entrepreneurship and yeah, entrepreneurship has a motivation, right? We're motivated by making a profit, but you know, obviously this idea of initiative, you know, we broke it down into the most simple terms for kids and we said, Hey, look, explain to us the ways that you can have initiative in your lives today. And we're, you know, we're talking kindergartners, first graders, right? They'd come in and every day they would say, yeah, Mr. Robinson, today I practice initiative because the cat wasn't being fed and I went up and I fed the cat. And, you know, that's simple, right? <laughs> like that's, but it was so great to see the kids, you know, be able to say that, hey, I saw something in the house that needed to happen and I did it. At the moment, maybe there might not have been a reward at the time, but in the long run, there is a reward, right? Your parents see you do that over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden, now you have the reputation of being responsible and they give you more freedom and they give you more opportunity and, you know, things, doors start to open. Well, that happens in real life, right? We, when we when we start to do those things, then people start to give us more leeway and they start to give you more control. And they say, well, boy, you've got a lot of good ideas. Why don't I put you in charge of this, right? And so I, I love the sense you talk about the RISE program. I thought that was a phenomenal deal. Um, you know, Erica Prosper just just a, has a ton of ideas and it's just a wonderful personality. Um, but she wanted to get that whole concept out into the community and, and it's particularly help parents teach that to their children uh, because it is such a, a key skill. And so, you know, we came up with that whole curriculum in the RISE program and I thought it was just, it was brilliant, you know, because it it taught kids, hey, this is how you, you know, you start a business. This is how you even, a business starts from a thought and it starts from a simple action. And then you grow that action and then you see what the, what the demand is for that action out there. And then it, then, then you can grow it into whatever it needs to be. But, but it all starts from the thought. It starts from the, the initial motivation. And so I love to nurture that motivation in people. I love to encourage people, hey, don't ever sit still when you see something. You see something wrong. You see something that needs to be addressed. Find out what the problems are. Go out and investigate and see what's happening and why it's happening. And then what can you do about it, right? Because chances are, you know, there's there might be someone addressing the problem out there, but if it's still the way it is, it needs still needs to be solved. Who's to say you're not the person that can solve the problem? Yeah, and I, I think even before that, you know, the very first step of it is being able to see the problem. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> exactly. And, and I think that idea of being perceptive. So many people have their heads down and, and can't even see the problems. Right. They, they don't have the vision, right. and, and so you know, the first part, even before you act, you, know, you got to have your eyes and your ears open, and and you know, be sensitive and be perceptive to what's out there. Because yeah. I, I, that's, I mean, I think, you know, initiative, blind initiative is not good either. Right, right. Like, I mean, so many, even in the in the nonprofit world and philanthropy, you know, people start nonprofits that are not solving problems that, that, like, that aren't, right. you know. Yeah. It's, it's, they think they're doing something good, but they're not addressing a real need. The real need. And, and, and that's, a, as a math major, I understand that, right? Because 
you have to def- you have to understand what the question is asking, right? Like, what is the problem? That's Einstein <laughs> said he would spend if he, you know if you had an hour to you know solve a problem, he would spend fifty five minutes on the question and then five minutes on the answer. It, yeah. It's not about just blindly trying to answer things. Exactly. Um, it's finding it's it's really defining the problem. So I, I think you brought up a great point in that. Yeah, you don't just run off and do things half-heartedly. You have to find out the reasons behind what's going on. Define the problem. So I'm, a lot of times people will start businesses and no one really cares about those businesses because it's not really a need. And sometimes you find that out after you've spent thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours of time and then and it's kind of late there. You've wasted the resources. But if you do your work up front and you really you see what the need is, you see all of the, you know, you try to evaluate whether what are the causes of the need, why are things this way, and, you know, what can I do to help change those things? What resources do I have? There's a lot of questions you ask yourself before you even start to move. But when a, when a cause is so compelling, then you have to get up. You have to move. It's like you said, it's linked back to faith, right? You have a belief. What does a belief make you do? I believe if I step off this ledge, I'm going to fall off the cliff. Well, now I got to start thinking about ways to get over this cliff or around this cliff or or go under it, right? So something else needs to happen. It's going to start to make me adjust. Right. I'm going to build a bridge. And that's what we can be. We can be bridge builders. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a book I'm reading now called Prosperity Paradox. And- talks a lot about economic development and and innovation and uh, and globally so hmm. looking at United States and Liberia and Ethiopia and why you know why some countries have been successful and why have some haven't hmm. and when he talks about innovation you know he really highlights two different types of innovation the first is more around efficiency hmm. and and this is more of the low hanging fruit it's you know how do you take something and make it better and be more efficient save costs, right. do it faster, bigger, better, stronger. And this is, you know, I think a lot of people do this and that's, you know, the Fords, the GMs, they have whole innovation departments. Right. But, you know, that really doesn't create new money. It doesn't create new jobs. It, 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 if anything, it strips and strips and makes these organizations more efficient, but right. it's not truly game changing. Right. It's, uh, it's taking share from others it's taking you know, share. that are and, doing and it's, it less it's efficient. It's necessary right. and you have to be innovative right. and that's good. But he said really where the game changing innovation comes is when you're creating new markets. And, and that I think is true innovation, and, mm-hmm. but it's not easy. Right. Um, and, and one example is he, he talked about a, a cell phone company, the first cell phone company in Africa. And mm. Early 2000s, cell phones, the technology was there. You know, they had penetrated Europe. No infrastructure, and, yeah. Yeah, they had penetrated Europe. They had penetrated United States. But Africa, all of the current carriers wanted nothing to do with Africa. So they, so <laughs> it's a fragmented market. There's all these countries. There's a lot of political unrest. There's not a lot of money there. It's just all of these reasons why we wouldn't go there. Right. And, but one entrepreneur said, well, there's – millions and millions and millions of people there and they're people too and they would if <laughs> they, they want if it. given the opportunity they would use cell phones right so you know there was a reason why nobody else had done it right. but he had, i mean but he went in and built infrastructure built cell phone towers had to work across multiple countries and mm. built this billion dollar business and and changed fundamentally how africa 
processes now because now with mobile payments and everything, I mean, the world, that whole continent runs off of cell phones and, well, and, and unfortunately mobile. kids all over Africa now are sitting at the dinner table playing uh, candy crush. No, but I mean, <laughs> oh, it, it, it's, you, you can pay your bills. You, I mean, it, it, everything is through that now. Yeah. Uh, and it's incredible, but he saw where nobody else saw opportunity. He had, he saw it and then he had the initiative Yeah. Uh, and seeing, you know, where is their non-consumption, not just the whole low hanging fruit. That's really where you can, you know, change the world. Yeah. No, I mean that I think that's 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 the heart of it right there, right? Is to is to be an innovator in in, in many ways and obviously business is fantastic, but you know not just business but but to figure out ways in your own life uh how you can be better. And to, when you see those needs that you don't just let things go by, you know, that you you investigate, that you find out what's going on. And why is it happening? And how do I address it? How do I make it better? Uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's what's going to change lives. So usually, Dad, behind these fundamentals, behind these pillars, there's some base from scripture, I guess, what what really drove the initiative pillar? Yeah, well, the pillar, this pillar comes from Matthew 7. And uh, it says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. You know, those are the ask, seek, and knock, right? Those are, those are commands from Christ. Don't, don't, don't sit there, right? The only way to know is to pursue. And, uh, and, and so though that's kind of been the background on, you know, how we've encouraged the kids at Carver, don't sit still. Knock on the door because we believe that the door will be open to them. Right. Doors that had previously they didn't even know they needed to knock on. And now opportunities will come where they didn't see opportunity before. You know, seek and you shall find. Right. The knowledge, wisdom. We can't move forward in our lives without preparation. Right. When you walk into a test and you haven't studied for that test, it's a bad feeling, you know. <laughs> but when you when you've studied and you know the answers, you're prepared, you're excited because you want to answer the questions. That's what this initiative is about, right? Ask questions, find out, knock, you know, ask, seek, because th this is going to open up things to you um, that you never even dreamed of. I mean, the world is so much bigger than any of us could imagine. I remember when I went to college, I went to the Naval Academy and I, I didn't know, I mean, my dad was in the Navy, but I didn't know what that lifestyle was like. And man, the, the world opened up in a way I never even imagined. And I saw this structure and I saw, you know, this this hierarchy and these admirals and, you know, the generals and everybody who they provided this wisdom to you and this guidance. And uh, I loved it. It just made me so curious about this is the way this world works, right? The military world works. And then you go to the NBA and, OK, wow, this is how this world works. Right. I, now I come in as a rookie and they're going to treat me like a rookie and then. You know, I, I become the leader of my team and then I try to be like, you know, the Magic Johnsons and the Larry Birds and the Michael Jordans. And so there's a hierarchy in the same way and you have to learn and you have to grow. My whole job was to ask, to seek, to knock, figure it out. Right. Well, look, what where's the where's the space that needs to be filled here in the NBA? I don't want to be like that guy necessarily that we already got one of those guys. I don't want to be like that guy. We got one of those guys, but I want to be the first David Robinson. 
And and that was what I had to come to grips with. I had to come to terms with who am I going to be in this league and and how am I going to make my mark? And now I can look back and say, uh, you know, I've, I've made my mark and that, that's a real blessing. And I think everyone has the ability to make their own mark, but you have to investigate. You have to ask, you have to seek, you knock and you have to seek to find out where you're going to make your largest impact. And I, I do think, and especially for me at, at 26, you know, there's, there's a certain level of exploration needed to find where your passion is and where, you know, you're not going to just fall into what you're supposed to be doing that you kind of have to duck, look, turn over a couple stones, right. hop over some fences. And then, you know, it, it takes time. And I think having that initiative and having the initiative to start exploring, uh, just to get going mm-hmm. is important as well. Uh, just to say, I'm going to start trying to identify problems and I'm going to try to start solving problems not on your first or second or probably even your 10th effort. Yeah. Will everything just unveil? I think yeah. it's this this constant practice of initiative that then gives you the opportunities and the at-bats that then can provide the chance for success. Well, the first thing is you have to believe there's a reason why you're here, right? And that that you have that you're unique. I think if you don't understand that there is a reason why you're here and that you are unique, you bring something to the table no one else can bring to the table. And I remember when, you know, when I remember Corey going off to play football, my middle son going to play football at Notre Dame. And I told him, don't ever worry about who they recruit after you. Don't ever worry about that because there's no one like you. There's no one who has your size, your ability, your intelligence, and no one can bring to the table what you can bring. And so you just use that and make that unique, right? And so that you're indispensable. And I think that's the part here where if as long as you understand that, that'll keep you fired up and that'll keep you going. You're unique. There's no one that can do what you can do. They can bring in other receivers who are faster, stronger, taller, other people, you know, that come in and, and have a different skill set than you have, but they're not you. And, and as long as you understand, I bring something unique to the table. And you start to use your skills, use your experience, good and bad. You've had good and bad experiences. Use those things, bring it to the table. And then when you combine that with your wisdom and your understanding and your your experience and your opportunity, that creates something totally new. The world has never seen that. They've never seen what you can bring to the table. And as long as you understand that you have that power, then you're not going to have any problem with initiative. You're going to be fired up to figure out how does my chemical reaction change the world, right? Like I'm extremely unique in the way that my parents brought me up and the way that the schools that I went to and all these different things and my personal experiences. And now I'm ready to explode. I'm I'm ready to bring it all to the table. Uh, I think that's a real key part um, in this whole concept. Well, I think as a as a final thought, I, you know, one of the quotes I love by George Washington Carver is start where you are, use what you have, make something of it and never be satisfied. And that's the that was the calling we call, we we made to the kids at, at Carver. And, and I think that that's kind of the calling that this whole subject of initiative makes for all of us. Right. Start where you are. You know, it's no mistake where you are, what you have. 
your experiences. There's no mistake. You know, God has placed you there for a reason. And you've gone through those experiences because only you could deal with those experiences. But start where you are. Use what you have. Take an inventory. You're, <laughs> you know, you may not have what the guy next to you has or the guy on TV has, but you've been given something and use what you have. Make something of it. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's, you know, being in a place where you see opportunity, but use what you have. Make something of it and never be satisfied. And, and I think that's what this this subject of initiative really calls us to do. Right. We 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 have to use everything we've been given to create a unique impact on the world that only we can create. The Fundamentals with David Robinsons is produced by Geekdom Media in association with Game Day Media Enterprises. Executive producers are Lorenzo Gomez III and John Garcia. Recorded and engineered by Michael Argent and edited by Jason Barrera. Find out more about The Fundamentals at geekdommedia.com. Follow us on social media at Geekdom Media. And learn more about Idea Carver Academy at ideapublicschools.org. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.